You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jasper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 54 of the Am Writing Fantasy, and we are going to talk about Scrivener today and explore if it is the best book writing software out there. But first, this is the first episode of 2020. Yes, I so, cannot believe it. Uh, well, of yeah. course, we're, ta- we're time traveling because we're recording <laughs> yes, it again. in 2019. <laughs> But still, it is really exciting to think that when listeners are going to hear this, it's a whole new year. It is. So happy new year, everybody. <laughs> Yay. I hope that you had a wonderful holiday and that you're getting ready to begin another year of writing now. Yes. And that's kind of like a hint at what our next episode is going to be at is making sure you do have a good year. But let's just hang out and have a talk about writing and Scrivener and kind of fun stuff this time. Yeah, yeah. So how have you, how how has your week been, Autumn? Good. It's actually, I was telling you earlier that they didn't get to listen into our secret conversations before we start recording, but my <laughs> husband and my dog are off on an adventure, picking up some stuff in Maine. And I honestly cannot remember the last time I didn't at least have you know, my fuzzy little dog at my feet when I came home or need to walk him or feed him. It's like every time I go in, like get a dirty dish or have a piece of cheese, you know, I always am one of those people who always has like a little piece I set aside for the dog. And I'm like, oh, he's not here. <laughs> I just no. feel so it's, it's freeing. I don't have to worry about it. So I'm going to spend the whole evening, like totally 110% immersed in work. I'll probably totally don't even look at the time and it'll be 11 o'clock. I'm like, Oh crap, I have to get up tomorrow. But yeah. it's also just really weird because I mean, having the dog, how you're even mentioning, you know, exercise and stuff when we we're talking earlier, that would be, you know, I have to get out. I have to do this. I have to make sure the dog is fed. It kind of sets a rhythm to your life and your evening. And once that gets off track, it's like, oh, I don't have to go for a walk. But I probably should go for a walk, but I don't have to go for a walk, which is probably good because it is pouring down rain here on top of the 30 inches of snow. So I don't know if I really want to go for a walk. No, I can see that. But the thing with the dog is also that it forces you to get off, you know, away from the computer and and get go out walking a bit and whatnot. And it's so easy to forget unless you have a reason to go out, right? Exactly. I think, um, yeah, it's it pulls you away, reminds you that life is not about you know just producing stuff online or writing twenty four seven. Sometimes my husband is much more patient than he should be um, in reminding me that I need to do things other than sit on the computer but the dog is never patient he lets you know when he's got to go out so i appreciate the distractions as much as sometimes you you know as adults i'm sure you know parents and stuff they they know they need to spend time with their kids but there's always that like oh just one more minute one more you know nope the dog is going to go on the floor if i do not get my butt to the door so yeah exactly (laughs) it's a good that's very helpful yes it really (laughs) puts things in perspective (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How has your week yeah. been? No, it's been good. You know, um, 
I wanted to share that I'd started watching his stock materials oh, on HBO. Is it good? I want to start that. It's like one of the next ones on my list. Yeah, well, hmm. I've heard such yeah. good things. Yeah, well, I decided to give it a try just because it is fantasy, you know. So uh-huh. I thought, well, I better watch it. <laughs> that, yeah, it was... That's like reason enough, right? <laughs> right. Um, and I understand that it's eight episodes long, this season okay. one, and I'm halfway through it. But honestly, I cannot quite work out what I think about it. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> surprising. Yeah, but it's like, you know, on one hand, that the storytelling is good. Mm-hmm. The cinematics are really excellent. You know, it's very, very well made. And the fantasy elements are also pretty solid too. You know, there's something with a parallel universe going on and all that. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, it, the main character is a child so it has this sort of youth vibe to it uh-huh. and i'm a quite i'm actually quite not sure if if it is supposed to be for a younger audience or not i I'm, i cannot quite work that out um and then well then the, this this is just a small detail but this is just me being picky right but then the, one of the factions in there they called the gypsians Oh, isn't that just a bit too like that's a little too like well (laughs) i can't imagine what you might have based those people on yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and they also like uh traveling around but they just use boats in this uh, universe instead of uh what Mm. is it like uh horses and whatnot but uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's just me being picky. <laughs> <laughs> That's I just felt like that could be a bit more original, right? All right, well, it'll be interesting. I haven't watched that one, but you remember I I had started the Dark Crystal because I was so excited and I love right. those you know their those puppets that were created by um, Brian Froud. You know, he's one of my favorite artists, and mm-hmm. I just could not get into the new version and. I don't know. Maybe I'll eventually. I have. Yeah, I have a free night. My husband won't be like, "What are we watching?" So maybe I'll try another one um, and get back into it and see if I can. I can get beyond that first initial hurdle of this is just not jiving with me, and I'd rather see an animated than as a puppets. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I actually watched the uh, watched that one all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not like the best thing I ever watched, but but it's quite okay, I think. And I'm also gonna watch his dark materials all the way through. I, you know, I'm halfway through the season anyway, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna watch all of it. But, and and I would say it's definitely worth a watch. You know, okay. for people to make up their own mind. Uh, I just cannot work out if I if I basically like it or not. <laughs> but but I would not say it's not like you shouldn't watch it for sure. Well, that's cool. I'll have to give it a try myself and let you know. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So I found uh, a question that Larry posted in the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook oh, group, yeah? and I just thought to mention that because uh, maybe maybe you and I could just give our reflection on it as well, Autumn. Here I'm thinking. Oh, happily. Yeah. So he said, "My main character seems human in appearance, with the exception of his brimstone-colored eyes." But he's actually half human, half demon, created for one purpose, to save his mother from captivity. Because of this, he does not have normal human emotions. Basically, he has no interest in sex or companionship of any kind. And then he asks, can a character still be compelling without an element of sexual tension? Oh, 
Oh, I like this question. Yeah, and I thought that was pretty good. I would say I have a definite answer there, and that's yes, because I had... I go through phases where I actually get annoyed that it seems like every subplot in every story is romance. And <laughs> I remember writing my first uh, one of my novels and getting to some point where I could have made that choice and gone more towards a romance and stopping and thinking, you know, is this is fantasy? Is this, you know, romantic fantasy? Is this like epic fantasy? I mean, can they just be friends? And they end up becoming the bestest of friends because that's the way I decided to go because not every male-female pair-up has to be a pair-up. So I don't think you need to have that little play off of sexual tension. Actually, you could probably do some amazing humor where this character just doesn't get it. Someone's flirting with him and he's like, are you squinting? (laughs) (laughs) Did you get something in your eye? (laughs) Exactly. I think I would find that so hilarious and refreshing. But of course, I'm not everyone else. So what do you think? No, no, I I agree. Uh, I I don't think you need... It's not like you have to have um, sexual tension or companionship or or romance and that sort of thing for a story to work or for a character to work. For sure not. Uh, That said, of course, there is a reason why it's used so much because as human beings, we do relate to it. So, uh, but... In terms of the question whether or not it has to be so for the character to work, uh, certainly not. You know, there's a lot of things you can do to make the character compelling, and just the fact that he's half demon and he he <laughs> has no normal human emotions that alone can be pretty compelling. You know, if you, yeah, I don't know, uh, use uh, something like Autumn just suggested there. I mean, there, there is you can create some pretty funny and. I don't know, not, maybe not intense, but but interesting situations at least uh, playing off of that. Um, and also, I, I you know we have uh, we are in the character creation process for our next um, fantasy series, and uh, our main character, well, he has human emotions, but but we also sort of went down the route of saying that um, he's he's like logical and honest to a fault so basically he's like social skills are really <laughs> lacking and uh, he doesn't really understand that uh, how other people's work uh, how other people work and and i think we we actually speculated that maybe he maybe he's uh, he's suffering from some so- sort of a illness or something didn't we yeah, we did and that's what i was actually going to say just because romance motivates a large portion of the society there are still folks who are asexual or like how we're hinting at like autistic or Asperger's. There's, there are a lot of people out there and they like to read fantasy too. And almost everyone you know knows someone like that if they just stop and think. And so just sort of like how the first um, romances that were the same sex began to filter into fantasy. I know some of the first stories I ever read made me question what was considered normal. Go ahead, make people question what is considered normal. Go ahead and put, uh, I love reading books where a disability, even, you know, a missing limb or can't move a certain way. I like seeing that in writing because that is life and it is a rich tapestry. And so, yeah, do something a little different. That is more than fine. Yeah. And of course, uh, for those listening, if you want to join the most awesome 
Facebook group for fantasy authors, then uh, just search for I am writing fantasy in the group section of Facebook. And on to today's topic. So we're going to talk about Scrivener. Scrivener. Do you say Scrivener, Scrivener or Scrivener? I, I say Scrivener. Scrivener. Okay, yeah. I'm this not sure just if there'll a... be a different pronunciation in England, but I think that is from what I remember well, hearing. Da- for Danish people like me, there can be a lot of different pronunciations. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And who's to say what's right or wrong, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but maybe we should start out by, so what is Scrivener? That's true. So this is a software program that was originally um, Mac-based, but I think it's on PC because you use it. And yeah, I yeah. know you have yeah. a PC, so yeah. we it's gone from Mac to PC. And I think they even launched now that you can get it on iPads, which is so it's a smaller, it's like Scrivener Lite. But it's a software program that is featured for authors, but not just authors, they feature it for screenwriters, even really big reports. And basically, they're really talking about it is a different way of writing and organizing because that is really its strong suit is the way you can navigate, organize, split the screen, have in note features. There's nothing, there's a lot of things that do something similar, but there's nothing else quite like it on the market, especially not for the price that Scrivener still is, which blew me away the first time <laughs> I looked up the price. I'm like, no, okay, bye, ta-ching. Um, it was an instant decision when I saw how expensive it was, which means hint, hint, it's not expensive at all. Please, Scrivener, if you're listening, that those who own this software, don't raise the price because that is one of the most amazing things um, about it. And it just gets better from there. But I guess I don't want to wrap up the entire show in just 10 seconds there. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we can, we can talk a bit about the. I checked the pricing as well, so I, we can share the, the actual numbers by, by the end of it. Um, yeah. But I, I think I actually sort of listed out some of the features that you're going to get in Scrivener. So maybe we could we could sort of go through some features. Um, sure. But but I would also say that Scrivener it's it's not le- really like a word process processor as such because it's it's more like a piece of software that helps you with writing. It's like a you know a tool that supports the novel writing process because. It does not really focus much on things like fonts and line spacing and all of that stuff that you normally get in a word processor. I mean, you you can do all of those things, but it's not that good at it and it's not what it's intended for. So so I think that the unique features are much more interesting to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe also just as a disclaimer here at the top, uh, before we get into all of this, uh, we should probably mention that we are not affiliated with Scrivener in any way. So we are only sharing details about the software here t- uh, in this episode because we want to be well informative, informative, and help you out, uh, and nothing really else. I mean, we're not got, uh, we're not earning any money from from talking about Scrivener in any way. So uh, just know that. Yes, it's just because it is a good tool and it's changed my writing process. And actually, that's what I wanted to mention first before we get into the tools. I don't know if you have a story of how you ended up with Scrivener, but for me, I was in book five of my series. And up till that point, I'd been writing in pages and mostly actually on my iPad, but occasionally I'd write in pages because it would sync with my Mac. And Hmm. I was stuck. I was so lost. Book five 
um, out of a series. I had a lot of characters. Um, we've talked about that before. We're not going to talk about how many characters. It's not Game of Thrones big, but there's a lot of characters, and a lot of POVs in my story. And there was all these churning subplots and things I've had to work out. And there were threads from the first series they are going into the second series. And it was so big, I actually just couldn't wrap my mind around it. I couldn't navigate through the pages document to figure out when the last time this person had talked and what was going on. And then I, I had heard about Scrivener and I went and looked at it and they have this amazing setup that you see right on the left-hand side where you can write by scenes or by chapters and you can split your screen and you can jump between things and see the last thing that happened. And I thought, okay, that's it. I'm buying it. Especially like I said, when I saw the price tag and it completely saved my life and saved the book mm -hmm. because I could organize all those subplots. I could color characters. Um, so when I looked at the overview display, I could see how often their point of view popped up, make sure threads weren't dropped. And if I hadn't if I hadn't changed, I don't know if I'd ever make it through book five, or at least not the way I managed to. And book six, the wrap up of the series was even bigger and it was not effortless, but it, it was perfect for Scrivener. So if you are a complicated writer, if you like subplots, if you if you need that extra help of organizing, that is really, to me, what this tool just shines for of creating a, a working environment where you can organize your thoughts, organize your plots. I now do all my plotting, my world building, my character layout. Everything is in one place, one document, and I can get to all, to all of it very quickly with just fluidly without losing my spot in my writing, which is fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think back on when I got the Scrivener software, but I think I actually got it very, very early on. Uh, I probably read something about it or seen somebody talking about it on YouTube or something. I'm not quite sure, but I do remember before, uh, well, what sort of pushed me <laughs> over the edge <laughs> to, uh, to actually acquire Scrivener was, was that I started writing. Uh, my, my first book was actually a nonfiction book on, on map making. And uh -huh. it's, it's not even that long a book, but I was writing it in word and, it did not take long before I got really annoyed with all the scrolling back and forth in this uh, <laughs> Word document, trying to find things, and it was just so annoying. <laughs> so at some point, I just thought, no, well, let me look at the Scrivener stuff. And uh, yeah, we're, as we said, we're going to come back to the pricing. But <laughs> no. when I saw the price, it's like, this is a no-brainer. Yeah. It <laughs> exactly. All right. So we kind of both came there because it really helps organize. So obviously that's one of the things we it does. So what are the other tools that you think uh, people need to know or how it organizes for people? Yeah, maybe first on the how it organizes because, uh, well, as you just said, you know, you, you have the menu items. If I don't know if we can call it menu items, but you, you basically in the left-hand side of the screen, you, you can sort of build up your own structure of all the... Um, all the chapters in, in the book. But I, I think what is really nice is also how you can basically use simple uh, drag and drop techniques to mm -hmm. reorganize things as much as you please. Um, and you can have uh, research notes uh, and you can have them displayed for easy reference when you're inside writing a chapter. And stuff. It's just that alone is amazing to me. Yes. And, and I do. Just, 
do you use, so there's also, so that's the left screen is this menu. In the middle, the biggest area is your writing screen, which can also be split, like we've hinted. Yeah. So you can have your writing in one one area and something you're referring to in the second area. And then on the right, there's usually, there's a few different like tabs that you can go through, but the primary display is usually a little note section. And then there's like a little synopsis section. Mm. And the synopsis one is neat because it tells you, uh, if you have it in there, it also puts it in this overview display. So if you go and look at all your chapters, if you have plotted them out, you can actually see how the flow is going and where they are, you know, whatever notes you put there show up there. And then if I'm writing something, I'm like, oh, you know, fix this or, you know, add in these notes or remember about this. There's, I love having a little note feature that I can just be like, okay, plot these ideas that I don't want to forget that I need to keep my, my mind on or if like I spell some character's name I'm like I'm gonna have to remember that <laughs> so I, got, I put the spelling there so that I can look it up really quickly later mm, and I yeah. often add there's some drop down menus too at the bottom and you can you know one of them's like first draft second draft third draft which I do use that as I go through in my edits and then there's another one that's like to do you know there's a few weird things you can add to it but you can actually I change that one to my characters my POV characters and then I um label those as well. So that when I go to that overview, I see my plotting, what character's voice it's in, and you can see if it's been, you know, edited or written or needs to be written. It's like, boom, I know where I am in my story. Yeah, it's wonderful. I, I think I went sort of kind of through an evolution, I guess, with how <laughs> I used it because initially, uh, initially I started out by having that synopsis over on the right-hand side as well. So I would have like some bullet points about what's supposed to happen in this chapter. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would write like that. And then after a while, I, well, this was when I wrote my first fiction novel. So I wrote like half the novel in this way. And then I figured out halfway through the novel, like, like I have no clue where I'm going. <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up having to delete the whole thing. And I said, this is not working. Uh, so I went back to the drawing board and then I did a detailed outline, mm. uh, which then, uh, well, that's what I've done ever since, to be honest, uh, still doing a very detailed outline. So I know exactly what's going to happen. And I, I know that I'm not going to end up in a ditch somewhere. Uh, <laughs> 50 25,000 words in or something um, so once I had done that then I basically stopped using the that right hand side uh, synopsis field mm -hmm. uh, because I had well the detailed um, uh, printout basically of, of the outline on a chapter by chapter basis but then then I found it started to become distracting to have all those other views on the screen when I was writing so I actually used a feature where you can black out the entire screen in, except the area where you're writing. Okay. And then I had the printout of the uh, chapter outline on the table beside me, and then I was just right. Um, and then again, later on, then I started dictating. So now I don't even do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a bit of an evolution. <laughs> That's right. We, we still have to talk. I've been trying my hand at dictating, but I still have to say right now, I prefer writing. It just makes more sense when I visually see it. And yeah, I mean, my outline, I usually go, I figure out how many chapters the book is going to be based on how my normal chapter word count and how long I want the story to be. And I then break it down and put my synopsis and all my notes right in Scrivener. And it's all there with me, which is probably one reason I'm having such a hard time breaking away and um, not using Scrivener, but trying to do it through like dictation because everything is just 
right there. And it makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Mm, yeah, well, it, it is a different process. And of course, you, you would need to get used to it. But mm-hmm. I don't know, this is the second time we talked about dictation. So maybe we need to record an episode about it <laughs> or something. <laughs> And so part of Scrivener, I mean, we can talk about there's some compilation things that are pretty nifty as well as can be a headache if you you get too into the thick of them. But one of the things I like is that it actually has some really cool templates for like character sheets. And it has a spot where if you're doing, if you go and find um, images for like your world building, for me, it's like I make maps and I have actually just dropped my maps right into the same file in Scrivener. That's great. Yes. Yeah. And I keep all my novels if I'm writing a series, which of course I'm always writing. I'm a fantasy writer. Of course I'm writing a series. I do it by the series name. So like the one I have going now is the Calet Ray. Um, I have it as a series and I have each of the folders as a different book. And so they're all together. They're all in one spot. I mean, seriously, I went from pages where we talked about, you know, scrolling and trying to find where you bookmark something and going ahead to slipping to different documents to literally just being able to go into the same document. And it's all a navigation technique right there on the left. And I've originally didn't use the character sheet templates that came with Scrivener. And then I accidentally opened, created one. I'm like, oh, darn, these are actually really good. I've modified it a little bit to put in character arc as well and, you know, mention if they're POV. But besides that, it's really useful. Yeah, and I, I love how, how you have this dedicated area inside Scrivener where you can, you know, dump in those images, as you say, on maps yeah. or even web pages you can dump in there as well. Yeah, that's right. I, I think it's it's really, really neat, you know. Yes. <laughs> you have everything you need in one place and... Uh, you don't have to jump around in different documents or get too distracted and and whatnot. You know, it's it's yeah, it doesn't get any easier than this, basically. No, especially now they recently within the last year they created a special compilation. So that's when you take all your active files, your book files, all your chapters or scenes or however you write, and you spit it out into a whole document instead of all these separate little individual folders where they exist in Scrivener. And, you know, before you could do a Word doc, you could do all these times. It It is set up that you can do it as a paperback if you know what you're doing. But they just created one that if you use Vellum, it spits it out into a format that Vellum really takes to very, very well. And so suddenly, oh, okay. yeah, it's just because I do use Vellum and I drop it into Vellum and boom, everything again is like the chapters. Everything is there and looks neat and it's formatted perfectly and the only step in between is i need to have the editor look at it first so i tell him not to change the formatting at all right (laughs) but do you think that's only for the mac version i don't know i didn't check since vellum is only on Macs, isn't it i can't remember yeah it is yeah Uh, it is i don't know you'd you'd have to uh, i have not checked to be honest but i don't think i have a compile feature in in my Windows version of Scrivener where I can output a Vellum something. I don't think I have that. I think that's because a few, about a year ago when they created this version, you had to upgrade. And I think it cost um, another like $10, something ridiculously cheap. And so I went ahead and paid for this very new, different software. They're going to keep both versions sort of alive, but this is their, right. if you went and bought it today, you would get this version with the compilation. But I, I might think that's only the Mac version because I don't Ooh. recall either that I've ever received an email from Scrivener about upgrading oh. anything. So that's interesting. So I, I could be wrong, but but I <laughs> think that might be the case. 
Oh, yeah. Well, we'll have to have, if anyone who is listening has knows the answer, just drop it into the comments where you're listening and let us know if you see the compile for Vellum in your version and what version that is. So that way we can kind of get a tally going. Yeah, indeed. Uh, but I think it's worth mentioning as well that unless you are using something like Vellum and unless you are outputting uh, this sort of special format or whatever we want to call it mm-hmm. to, to then use Vellum afterwards, please know that Scrivener is not the strongest at formatting. So I would not advise you to output the work uh, because you can output it in an ebook format from Scrivener directly. Yes, you can. But I, I would not advise you to do that and then just proceed straight away to upload that on, onto the online retailers like Amazon and whatnot because it's just likely that it's not going to look very pretty. Uh, and actually back in episode 46, so just a few episodes back, we talked about ebook formatting essentials so i recommend that you listen to that episode for further details on formatting but but just be aware that scrivener is not that good at this stuff no you're not going to be having your ebooks with drop caps and some other of the amazing things that you can do in some of the dedicated formatters for your books but yeah exactly it does work it has a nice output if you're doing screenwriting and you're sending it on to someone to read as a because screenwriting for whatever reason is still the weirdest most archaic um output format i've ever seen and they have a few that are more standard that if you're going to be sending it to a publisher they would probably recognize it recognize it but there's nothing really super pretty that you want to send out to your readers and expect them to be paying some you know high price money for Another feature I, I thought of uh, that I want to mention because I quite like it, and that that's how you can track your progress uh, progress to keep yourself motivated. That's right, uh, and I quite like that. You know, uh, uh, there is two different ways. At least uh, maybe you have another one as well. I don't know, Autumn, but at least I have seen or can remember. Whatever <laughs> I should say two different ways of working. Uh, the first one is uh, to add a different label to each section of your document. And you could, for instance, color code the ones that are complete in green. Mm-hmm. And then you can add a column to display, to display that label in the Scrivener uh, outline, basically. So that gives you at a glance, you can see how far you've come and you can see all the chapters that is already complete. Um, another way of tracking it, and probably I like this one better, is to set yourself a word count target. And then Scrivener, Scrivener will not only allow you to track the word count, so let's say you set it for 100,000 words, for example, then Scrivener will track how you progress towards that goal. And I really like that feature because it keeps you on track and it shows you in a visual layout how far you've come. So I really like that. And I think, again, there might be a difference between the Mac version and the Windows version here because I th- I know in Mac you can set your yourself daily word count goals. Yes, you can. <laughs> And if I'm not mistaken, I think that was enabled in the Windows version in one of the later updates that came. But I don't remember anymore because, again, I'm dictating nowadays, so I don't use that feature anymore. But I really liked it when I was writing directly in, into Scrivener. Uh, and I think it, is, it, it, it does allow you daily word count goals in, in Windows, but I'm a bit fussy on that one. Yeah, I think I think you're right that they did update it, but it's definitely in the Mac version where you can have an overall project goal, you can have a writing session goal, 
and that you can also have a chapter goal. So that really breaks it down. If you like, you know, you know, you're writing 2000 words or 3000 words is your, what you want for this chapter. And you can have a little bit of a buffer. Like as long as you hit, if you're writing 2000, but as long as you hit 1500, you're good. And if you go over 2300, you know, you want it to tell you, Hey, this is getting a little long. Are you sure you want to be dedicating this much, you know, word space to this one chapter and it'll, you know, it gives you color coding. It tells you, it'll give you updates and notifications. So yeah, it definitely does make you feel good though. I do laugh because I remember seeing someone figured out that copying and pasting can add and subtract to your word count goal for the day. So if you happen to paste <laughs> in a whole bunch of stuff, it's like, Hey, you did it. You're like, woohoo. <laughs> oh no yeah it's words going on the page but it does deduct so if you delete you you paste you take something out you cut it it will take it off your word count goal for the day too so you got to watch that right okay yeah yeah <laughs> you need to be a bit careful there then, you do it's not 100 percent perfect but yeah you could write a lot and then take it and paste it into another document and it's going to be like nah you didn't make it right right Okay, do we have more features we want to mention, Autumn? I can't think of anything else specifically. I did just find out, found out last night when I was um, compiling a book, actually, that it does now have, it'll compile an outline, which I hadn't noticed, and that was very useful to be sending off to my editor to be able to add out the chapter outline, and this is what it's going to look like, because I hadn't really worried about like a table of contents before, but it does do that as well. And there's a lot of other features that are in there that it's very, I never truly finished the tutorial. I kind of got enough then then started poking around and started writing because I was in the middle of a book and I just wanted to get back to it and see if I could get it organized. So maybe one of these days I'll actually take the whole tutorial. Um, I hear that there's a lot of great things in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I will add a link to the show notes where you can actually see the tutorial videos for Scrivener. So if you want to a visual view of all the stuff we just we've been talking about here, then uh, yeah, check that link and, and go and have a look at you look at it yourself. But maybe I should get into some of the pricing stuff. Then do you think? I think so. I think we should let people know what they're in for if they go and look at this software. Um, and I think you'll be really surprised considering, I think we've done a pretty good job at explaining that this is a really powerful piece of organizing for think, something like a novel or screenplays. So it, to me, is a really sophisticated piece of software. And I know when I went to look at it, I'm thinking, yeah, it's going to be a couple hundred bucks. And I'm just going to be like, yeah, <laughs> put that on my wish list. So when yeah. I checked it out, I was like, really? That's the thing, right? I mean, yeah. as we talked about, it's available for Mac, Windows, and also iOS, as Auto mentioned in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So if you have those, it will sync your work onto each of your devices. Uh, the Mac and the Windows version cost $45. <laughs> I just and can't believe that. <laughs> it's sort of, it's insane. <laughs> it really is. I just And I believe as well that if you're a student, you're getting a small discount even on those oh, yeah? 45. I yeah, think I think so. so. And there are times that they have coupons out, which I didn't wait for because it's $45. It's amazing. Just get it. <laughs> it's not, not, not nothing. Yeah. The iOS version um, costs $20 or 
and if you are planning to run Scrivener on both Mac and Windows, then you need to purchase both uh, versions. So you cannot use the same on both of those uh, different OS systems. But you do get a discount of $15 if, if that's what you're going to do. So, uh, Which is super sweet of them. And I will tell you this, to me, one of the most phenomenal things is the file it outputs is a .scriv file. That is a .scriv file. It doesn't matter if you're a Mac or a PC user. You drop your .scriv file to Dropbox and you share it with your editor or your beta reader who can download a .scriv file. It doesn't matter if they're using a PC or a Mac. Yeah. And that just blows my mind. I just, why don't other software, I'm so tired since I'm a Mac user, I'm spitting stuff out to pages in Excel all the time because my Mac can read them. But, you know, when I send them to you, Jesper, your your PC cannot read, you know, my pages files and my numbers files. So I have yeah. to always transcribe them and translate them. But Scrivener, no, we're good. We can share files. I think that is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And also remember that you're only paying once. So Scrivener is not doing some of the Microsoft tricks on you where they want mm. you to pay monthly subscriptions and all that crap <laughs> for, no. to use the software. So you pay once and that's it. You have the Scrivener for life. And I would even say even further than that, what is really, really awesome, I really like that is that their trial period is not uh, 30 days of uh, calendar days, like like what you normally see, but it's 30 days of actual use. <laughs> so Scrivener tracks how many days you had opened it. And so if, for example, if you want to write today, you download the trial, you write one day, and then let's say you're busy for the next two weeks, and then you open it again. You only used two days of your trial for that then. Uh, so those two weeks where you're busy doing other things, it does not count against your trial period. So so that's really awesome. And it, it just gives you an excellent way that you can just play around with Scrivener and see if it fits your needs uh, before you actually make any any purchase. But even that said, it, it's, it's not expensive, <laughs> it right? It is so, not. I mean, yeah. I think I just really think that the this company, I, and I keep forgetting who is the actual owner of Scrivener and producer, but they've got to be one of the most decent, not out to gouge you or anything. They really, you know, even though they give you a discount if you have to buy it for your PC and your Mac because you're a two type of computer household. That's just nice. I can't yeah, say that about some companies. They're just really nice. Yeah, it's called Literature and Latte. That's the, right. The ones who make Scrivener. So yes. uh, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but... Uh, at least in my view, Scrivener is well worth it. And um, go and check it out if you want. So if this interest piqued your interest, uh, have fun with that. And now that we got 2020 started, Autumn and I will be back Ooh. next Monday with advice on some best practices if for the like next year. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcast and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on patreon.com slash amwritingfantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday. <laughs>